You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode 29. How to talk to your spouse about money when times are good. Let's get What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the money misfit, Jamar DuPaz, and this is episode number 29. And today we're going to talk about how to talk to your spouse about money when times are good, right? So there's probably a lot of information out there or a bunch of misinformation out there about how to do this when when times are bad. You probably just kind of wing it when times are bad. But what we want to do is get used to talking about money when times are good, and that'll help you get through the times, the bad times. And so we'll talk about that as we go. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I appreciate you being here. I don't know how you found me, but I do I do appreciate you listening in because you could be listening to absolutely anything. If you wonder about who I am, why they call me the money misfit, if I have any credentials, well, let me just say I don't have any credentials. I'm just a guy who is married. I got a few children. I got a wife that stays at home. Um, and I live a fairly cool lifestyle on a very basic single income as a firefighter. How did I get to talking about money was basically I got tired of being broke. I've got tired of having money roll through my fingers and having nothing to show for it. And I've always been that kid that questioned everything growing up. So I began to question the information we were getting from big banks and brokerage uh, salespeople and broke people. right? And so that's how I started my journey down the personal finance realm. And I learned a whole lot. And today, me and my wife, even on a single income with three children, we own our own home and a couple of cars and all that good stuff, we don't worry about money. We don't fight over money anymore. We don't even really think about it very much. And I said, you know, other people need to know this information. And so I decided to start this podcast. So if you want to know more about what we do, how we do it, and how you can get along and, and join join in on the fun, head over to yourmoneyright.com. That's yourmoneyright.com. And consider becoming a Misfit. A Misfit is a free membership program that we have. And in it will is an ever-expanding vault of information and education to help us manage life, uh, continue to do the things we want to do as individuals, as husbands and fathers and parents, uh, to get the most out of every dollar that we bring in. And we're not talking about couponing or anything like that, but really living life and getting money out of the way. So again, if you're interested in that, head over to yourmoneyright.com. Consider becoming a misfit. So with that being said, we're going to get on in with the program. So how do you talk to your spouse about money when times are good? And we're going to kind of cover this in a few different ways. First, we're going to talk about why you want to do that. 
Um, we're going to talk about some do's and don'ts. Uh, and then like what to talk about, what questions that you want to ask and how you can guide yourself through that. So uh, that's the format of today. And, but let me first say why you want to talk to your spouse about money when times are good. Well, first, it may be obvious, but when times are bad is the worst time <laughs> for it to be the first time for you to be talking about money. Right. This is where the money fights happen, right? This is where the arguments come in. This is where the resentment has. This is where people uh, really show their colors and really show their fears, right? About money, about relationships. It really shows up how they feel about the whole topic of finances when times are bad and you don't quite know what to do. So we want to avoid those moments in our relationships where times become tough because here's the truth times will be tough, right? Uh, the good book tells us after every feast, there's a famine, right? So what does that mean? After every famine, there's a feast. And after every feast, there's a famine. We go through cycles in life. We go through cycles as individuals. We go through cycles as a group. We go through cycles as an economy. We go through cycles as a, as a globe, right? As a global community, right? So things go up, things go down. When times get good, they're good. When times get bad, they're bad. But here's a little secret. Most millionaires are made during the bad times. But the question is, why? Why are millionaires made during the bad times? It's because they are prepared, right? So I'll give an example. When the stock market is high, everybody's excited, everybody is feeling good, and everybody goes out and they have this optimism about themselves and they go spend more money, they go buy stocks because things seem to be going well, right? You got your jobs, maybe you got a pay increase and all that good stuff. And so you just feel free to, to spend because everything feels good. But then when things turn, right, when things go the opposite direction, when layoffs begin to happen, when the stock market begins to crash, when the housing market begins to crash, people start losing their houses. On one side of that coin, there is there is pain, there's turmoil, there is stress, there is there is just loss, 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 loss. But on the other side of that very thing is people standing by who were prepared during the good times, ready to take advantage of the bad times, right? So when the stock market crashes, most people get out, right? They pull their money out because they don't want to lose any more money. They're, they're afraid. They don't really understand what's going on. But CNBC, CNBC said that, look, the stock market is crashing. It's the worst day ever we've had in the last 10 years and blah, blah, blah. You get scared. You call your, your stockbroker or you go into your account and you pull all your money out because you want to lose any, right? But here's why that's uh, not the best thing to do. Because when the stock market is crashing, when the stock prices are lower, they're actually on sale, right? They're cheaper. It's cheaper to own parts of businesses when the stock market has crashed than it is when the stock market is at all-time highs. But we just, we we roll with that emotion and we back ourselves out. But the people who were prepared during the good times, the people who were putting money to the side, people who were kind of sitting and watching and learning and understanding the game, those people had cash and capital sitting aside waiting for the stock market to go on sale. So they jump in at the bottom or as it's going down, knowing that it'll probably end up coming back up here uh, soon or sooner or later. It always does because the government 
uh, usually won't let that happen for too long. They buy the stock where it's real cheap, right? Uh, for example, a few years back, I had an opportunity to buy gold for $300 an ounce. Today, gold is like at $1,100, $1,200 an ounce. Now, a lot of people got out and they sold. They sold to people like me who were waiting for these opportunities, who were prepared for these opportunities. So the same thing with your finances, right? When times are good, you want to be diligent with your money and your dollars then, even your relationships and your attitude then, so you can prepare prepare for when times will turn and go the opposite direction because they always do. So that's why you want to make sure you're talking about money when times are good. The other reason why you want to talk about money when times are good is because it can help you guard yourself from lifestyle creep, right? So what's lifestyle creep? Lifestyle creep is when, you know, you're making $1,000 a month and you were living off $1,000 a month. But then you got a little bit more money in your pocket. Maybe you got a degree. Maybe, you uh, you know, you got a promotion. You're moving up. Maybe you start your business and you went from $1,000 a month to 2000 or 3000 or 5000 or 10000 a month. But what happens is we're creatures of habit, right? And when we get extra money and we have no plan for them, we have no idea what we're going to do with that money, what happens is that money goes elsewhere, right? It either goes to taxes, it either goes to baby mamas and girlfriends and boyfriends, it goes to whoever can market it to us the best, it goes to Walmart, it goes to Costco, it goes to Amazon.com. Especially with me, it goes Amazon.com if I ain't got no plan for it. But what happens is when we make more money and we don't have any plan for it, it just gets gone, right? It just disappears. We add the extra car note or we add the extra payment on this. We go buy something else because we feel like we can afford it. So when we don't think about uh, the times are good or we don't think about how to what to deal with our money or how to deal with our money when times are good, the money just goes. And what happens is... When times go back the opposite direction, things look real tight and you wonder why you can't save because you've let lifestyle creep creep up on you. So it's when these good times are going that you want to talk about how to handle the extra money. And the good times can look like anything, right? It can look like a promotion. It can look like an income tax return. It can look like um, somebody paying you some money back. <laughs> it can look like it can look like anything. Right. It can look like any time that you are feeling good about money at the moment. That's the time where you want to take a step back and check yourself. One of the things that we do in our household is we get paid every two weeks. And, you know, uh, if you get paid every two weeks, about two months out of the year, you get three paychecks. Those are what we would call the good times. Right. Because in that month, since we do our, our stuff monthly in our household, in that month, when we get three paychecks, we use that month to take advantage of, right? So we'll do like our spending freezes, or we may uh, take a whole check and put it aside or, or apply it to something differently than what we would normally apply it to. And we use those good times to take advantage of them so we don't come up, you know, with nothing to show for it. We've been there, done that. Um, the other times you, the other reason why you want to do this when times are good is because a lot of times when times are good, we lose sight and we lose our hunger, right? Is that we get too comfortable and we end up blowing our money just on about whatever, right? There's been times in my life where six figures just rolled through my fingers and to this day, I don't even have a t-shirt to account for, right? I have no idea where that money's went. This was back in the day when I was 
you know, in the bar business and in the nightlife and all that good stuff. Some of y'all remember me from those days, but I had a bunch of money rolled through my fingers. And today I have nothing to show for, for the, for that time period in my life. Right. And you don't want to go down that road. Right. And then of course I've said this before, but bad times are the worst times for it to be the first time to talk about money, especially with a spouse, because there's a lot of different emotions that each individual goes through and has experience when it comes to money, right? Your wife may not be comfortable talking about money. So when you need to talk about money when times are bad, that's usually the worst time to bring this stuff up. But you got to do what you got to do. But if times are good for you right now, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm stressing you sit down and you talk about it right now. So before we get into talk about what you want to talk about, let's get into some do's and don'ts. Let's talk about some mindset, right? So number one mindset is you need to go in this thing with a good attitude, right? This is not a time to have an attitude, even though times are good. For some reason, people still uh, still get attitudes over money because they're old, old associations with money as it speaks. And, and first, uh, before we get in further, let me first, I, I skipped over this, but first and foremost, don't assume that times are good, <laughs> right? So for me, times may be good in my mind, but for my wife, she may not think that way. So before you run in thinking times are good, you need to talk to your spouse and ask them how they feel about where you are financially. Hey, baby, how you feel about what we're doing financially? Do you feel like we're in the good times or we feel like we're in the bad times? They say we feel like we're good. All right, continue going forward. We'll do another show one day about how to get through the, the bad times. But today we're going to talk about the good stuff because you know me, I like the good news, right? Um, and also, quick plug while we're talking about it, if you are married and you do earn money and you are interested in being better at that, consider signing up and uh, joining us on our interest list for the marriage and money uh, course that we're going to be doing coming up soon. You can find that at yourmoneyright.com. You can see the drop down the menu. Look for that. Sign up for that. It's just an interest list just so I can see how many people are interested so we can get this thing going forward. But anyway, don't assume that times are good. Make sure you ask and communicate and talk about that. Uh, when you are talking about things, okay, when you are discussing money with your spouse or pretty much anything, this could be any type of conversation you have, eliminate a few words, okay? There's a couple of words you want to eliminate. The first word you want to eliminate is I, right? The next one is me, and then the last one is you, okay? Don't come in this thing talking about, well, here's I feel like we need to do this. Or, you know, when you look at me and my perspective and this and that and blah, blah, blah. No, it needs to be about us. It needs to be about we, right? So if one of you is doing money bad, you don't say, look, you're not holding up your side of the bargain. You're doing money pretty terrible. You say, look, hey, sweetie, I think we could do a little bit better with how we're handling our money. Right. Why do we want to use those words and not you, I and me? If it's, I, I understand, look, it's not you. Right. You're the perfect one in the relationship. You do everything right. But hear me out here. When you begin to point fingers at people, they immediately shut down and start thinking of ways that they can defend themselves. They are no longer listening to you. They are no longer open to anything that you have to say that's constructive. The only thing that goes on in their minds at that point when you say you or what I did or 
me and, and you start pointing fingers and blaming the only thing that they're going to do is shut down and start going in their head and try to figure out what they can do to defend themselves right because you just went at them like that right so when you're talking about money whether times are good or bad but especially when times are good step stop using words like i me and you and say us and we here's what i think we should do now i know i just said we i said i in there but you know here you can say that but don't point fingers at them just say use the word we and us i think you get the point right um and then when you're doing this again like i said don't go in there trying to lecture right don't nobody want you ain't nobody's daddy right well you may be somebody's daddy right but you're not your wife's daddy and 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 sweetheart you're not your husband's mama okay he has a mama he only wants one okay so don't go in here lecturing what you want to go in is ask questions and then ask questions but be genuinely curious about the response that they're going to give you so for example how do you feel we're doing with our finances today and then shut up and listen and then ask what do you mean by that ask them to elaborate well what if we did this this way how would you feel about that right if we put this money aside to do this how do you feel about that those are the type of things you want to do when you're talking about money this this is the how-to portion of it right uh, you don't want to point fingers. You want to be inclusive. You want to talk like you're a team because what you are a team, right? I know there's a lot of couples out there that still kind of do their finances separate and stuff like that. And I'm going to encourage you to not do that. And I'm going to give you some tools to do that. I'm not just going to tell you you should have joint accounts for everything and not give you the uh, how to's of that. We're going to talk about that in the marriage and money boot camp in our courses. Um, and we talked a little bit about that in our uh, episode back in the day, actually episode number three, um, joint account versus uh, separate bank accounts in marriage. Right. So we talked about that and I'm going to encourage everybody to do money together as a couple. I really believe that most marriages fail when they talk about money being the major issue is because we don't really have techniques and, and systems and frameworks in place to communicate about money. So we're going to talk about that. But again, I did also talk about that in that episode, but we're going to dig deeper into that. But when you're when you're talking about money, you always want to talk as you're a team because you are a team if you're married. Right. If you're not married yet and you you're going to be a team one day, you still want to talk about and have joint goals and stuff like that. You just don't want to tie your money up together with somebody you're not married to. Uh, regardless of whether or not you love them and y'all love each other and y'all going to spend the rest of your lives together. If uh, it is of my opinion, if you won't lock it down and get married, there's always that question in the back of somebody's head that this thing may not work. And when there's those questions, uh, that breeds whole lot of area for the devil to play in. So I don't really believe in that. And, and it, just trust me, if, you, if you're not married, don't join your money together. You can talk about goals. You can talk about money, which I encourage you to do. Because if you're not compatible when it comes to, to finances, a lot of people talk about compatibility when it comes to being in the bedroom. But compatibility when it comes to your finances are probably even more important than compatibility in the bedroom. Uh, but either one of those can change because the Lord saves and all that good stuff. Uh, but anyway, so you want to talk like you are a team and don't forget that you are a team. You're not against each other. So don't go in lecturing each other. Don't go in there getting offended by stuff. Everybody means well. Everybody just wants to do the right thing for their family. So just keep that in mind, right? So 
what are some of the things we want to talk about when we're talking about money during the good times, right? Because there's really not a whole lot to complain about usually when times are good. And that's usually what we talk about. We, we get so used to talking about what we can complain about, whether it be with each other at work or with our kids or our friends. Sometimes we forget what it is to have a real conversation about stuff that's productive. So a couple of things you want to talk about, right? Number one, your feelings, right? I know that fellas, you're like, what feelings? What does what that got? What money? What feelings got to do with money? Feelings got to do a whole lot with money, especially with, and I know it sounds a little chauvinistic here, especially with women. Women, when they think about money, they think about security, right? How can I be secure in this situation? Fellas, we don't really think about that too much. Uh, we do, but in a different context, right? So if somebody's not feeling very safe, you need to know that. That is something that needs to come out on the table so you can figure out how do we get to the point to where my spouse feels safe? Because if somebody doesn't feel safe, that's a dangerous place to be in, right? Because they'll go seek safety somewhere in some way, some way, some way, fashion or form. They will find safety, right? And you don't want them to find safety somewhere else outside of the household. That's all I'm going to say about that. So you want to talk about your goals. You want to talk about uh, your personal goals, your family goals, the things that you want to accomplish, right? Short term, long term. They don't have to be, uh, you know, these great elaborate things, but just get some ideas of what you want to accomplish, what you want your life to look like, right? And, and, and in this, I know I talk about doing things together, but each individual has their own goals, has their own own views of how they want their lives to look like. So each of you get together, write this stuff down and then bring it together, find your common ground and then work out plans you can uh, you can do together to help each other get to where each individual wants to get to as an individual and how y'all want to get to where you want to get to as a couple. Right. Uh, so talk about your progress. Right. Where have you been? Where have you come from? You know, how things are going today and if there's a projection that we're going upwards or we're staying flat or we're going down right or we're going backwards right so talk about your progress talk about your vision right because if you don't have a vision if you don't have goals you can you can't really tell what your progress is like and this is why a lot of times we get money in the good times that slip through our fingers because we don't really have a vision for our lives or our vision is very mediocre we forgot about our dreams i talked about this in another episode of uh, resurrected dreams we forgot about the things we really want to accomplish because a lot of times we we don't believe anymore that we can accomplish those things right so i challenge you today man just try to wake that up inside of you if you have some dreams put that down wake it back up and see how your money uh, can help you get to that point and that leads me to the next one is you want to talk about strategy right uh, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get to where we want to go to? If we're not where we want to be today, how do we go from where we are to where we want to be, right? I talk about this in a roadmap to getting your money right. Uh, if you're not a misfit, this is maybe a reason why you want to join to get in that course. It's a free course, the roadmap to getting your money right, which is basically two episodes that we've done uh, that talks about what you want to do first and then stepping all the way up and through investing. So, you want to talk about your strategies, what you need to do first. So some people like to jump into the stock market. I've always said, and I'll continue to say, that sometimes the stock market may not be good for you, right? If you are still living paycheck to paycheck, maybe your next move should be to strategize on how to get out of that situation, right? Uh, if you are unable to buy or you know your groceries in bulk, maybe that's what you should be doing first instead of trying to uh, put all your money into the stock market. So 
Uh, that's that's pretty much all I'm gonna say about that. All right. So what about the tangible stuff, right? Uh, take an account of all your accounts, right? Sit down if you've not done this before. Uh, this may take you a whole lot longer than maybe you want wanted to, but once you do this right and you get your finances organized, then you won't spend a whole lot of time on this, right? So I, I can tell you, me and my wife, we may spend an hour a month, if that, on our finances, right? Because we have a system in place, right? And that's we're gonna share that with y'all guys. But we have we probably spend an hour. But when we first started, we were spending a whole lot of time, maybe an hour, thirty minutes a day. Uh, or something like that. But a lot of people today spend a whole lot of time trying to make financial decisions and they fall into what's called, uh, you know, decision fatigue, right? Decision making fatigue. You ever just get tired after a long day because you're just making a bunch of decisions. Uh, if you if you're married and you've had to plan a wedding, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, ladies, you had so many decisions to make. It just wore you out. It wasn't necessarily the physical work of doing anything and going different places. It's just making all these decisions. You could just you just get tired of making decisions, right? And you get that just forget about it attitude and whatever works. That's what we do a lot of times with our money. That's why we spend some of our money like so frivolously because we're like, look, I'm tired of making financial decisions. So whatever, get the pizza, get the upgrade, get the money, get the whatever it is, just get it because I'm tired of making decisions about it. I'm tired of talking about it, right? So you want to set that up. Uh, so this, if you could do this, early and want and take the time to set it up once you won't have to continue to have to have these long conversations later on so take an account of what all your accounts are right how many checking accounts do you have how many uh brokerage accounts do you have do you have any debt how many credit cards do you have what debt do you have how many student loans do you have where are they coming from what's the interest rates on these things you want to figure out what all these things are uh so you can get a clear picture of where you are so you can get even a clearer picture of where you want to be right? Can't help you go from point A to point B if you don't even know where point A is, right? So think about that for a second. Uh, what type of contingency plan do you have in place, right? Uh, that's something you want to talk about. If somebody were to lose an income, if somebody were to lose a loved one, right? Uh, not even losing, but gaining, right? What if you have another baby or, or what if somebody gets, uh, you know, comes into your life, right? What if parents move in with you? I don't, I don't know if that's your arrangement. Some cultures, they do that, right? Um, what if family gets sick, right? What if, um, what if you have to take somebody in? What are the, what are your plans for these situations, right? Because this is life, right? Life happens. And I, I say it all the time, life, life happens. And if you're in my age range and you have parents that may be retiring soon, um, not all parents we're very good with money, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. That's something you need to think about. Is my mom or my dad going to have to move in with us? How's their health? How are we going to do that? What if the roof blows off? Do we have enough money for a deductible, right? What if we get into a car accident? Do we have enough money for the de deductible on that, right? What if uh, little Susie needs braces? Are we going to give her braces or are we going to let her have raggedy teeth the rest of her life? Those are the things you need to be thinking about, right? Um, career plans, family plans, we kind of touched on, you know, if you're going to have another baby and things like that, these are things that you want to talk about. And let me say, uh, this one, cause I can hear somebody already saying that, look, um, I hear what you're saying, but when times are good, you know, that old saying, if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. Let me say this to you. If that's what you're thinking, 
that has got to be like the national anthem for mediocrity, right? If it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. That has got to be the silliest thing, right? Because just because it ain't broke don't mean you can't soup it up, right? Don't mean you can't improve it. Don't mean you can't take it to another level, right? And and I would argue if your finances aren't naturally actively going to another level, it's broke, right? Because a, a mentor said this to me and I've, and I've heard it a million times. I play it in my head all the time. It says your comfort zone is your broke zone, right? So if you're comfortable where you are right now, if you're comfortable and you're not being pushed to go further, you are in your broke zone. It's just a matter of time, right? The world needs so much more out of you than what you're giving right now. They can use so much out of you because you are capable of doing so much more. So just because it's not broke don't mean it doesn't require some attention. My house ain't broke, but it needs maintenance. My car ain't broke, but I got to take care of it. Right. My relationship ain't broke, but we still work on it. Your money may not be broke. You may not be broke. I'm not broke, but I still work on my finances. I still hey, I'm right here. I'm talking about it. Right. <laughs> so if you're one of those people that believe and you buy into that, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Please, please get that out of your vocabulary. Please get that out of your mindset right now, because that's the type of thing that leaves people broke. That's the type of thing that happens to that's the type of thing that injures people when they make a bunch of money. And the next thing you know, they don't have anything because they stop paying attention. They stop improving. They stop being good stewards of what God gave them in the first place. So stop that mediocre stuff. We talked about this last episode, right? That's how the average person thinks. You listen to this with 30 minutes into this thing, 30 something minutes into this thing. You're not the average person. Most people would have turned this off by now, right? Because they don't want to hear it, <laughs> right? They don't want to be pushed. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be, they don't want to go to the next place. They just want to be comfortable. It may be uncomfortable to be comfortable, but they just, they're just okay with that and they don't want any change. And that's fine, right? No hard feelings for me, but I put this show on for people who want it, who want to go to the next level, right? And that's what this is all about. Because if you can do this when the times are good, you will accelerate past everybody. You won't be crying and begging in the fall because you planted in the spring. I hope that makes sense. But those are the type of things you want to talk about. Those are the questions you want to ask. You know, how are we doing? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Is our money working for us? Could we be doing more with less? Are there any activities or expenses that are keeping us or, or keeping us distracted from doing what's most important to us? Who's on our team? Do we have a financial planner? Do we need a financial planner? Do we have an insurance agent? Do we need an insurance agent? Do we have somebody that we can go talk to or somebody go bring with, bring with us when we go negotiate? Do we have a good realtor if we're going to go buy a house? Do we have a good mortgage broker when we're looking for a mortgage? Who's on our team, right? And do we have a plan? Do we have a plan to, to, to do more with what we have or do what we want to be doing with what we have? What's our income? What's our take-home income? How much are we paying in taxes? Where can we optimize? Right. These are the things you want to ask about when you're sitting down and talking about money when times are good. And if you can get used to talking about money when times are good, when times get bad, they won't. Number one, 
they won't be as bad because you're talking about this right now. You're giving some foresight to what may happen in your future, right? And when you think honestly as an adult, as a responsible adult, and you think honestly and be real with yourself about life and your true expenses, then you'll prepare for those things. So flat tires won't throw you off anymore, right? Maybe you get to the point where a lost job won't even throw you off. You may have to make some adjustments, but you won't be crazy about it, right? Maybe because you've already started building up your network. Maybe you saw maybe you saw what was going on in the market. Maybe you've been listening to the show and you understand that that the economy goes up and down and, and jobs are temporary and you're not going to be dependent on the job for the rest of your life, right? So those are the types of things you want to talk about, especially when times are good. So I hope that helps. That's all I got for you today. So what do you think? Was that helpful? Is it something you think you can build on, sit down and talk with the spouse about? Let me know. Head over to the show notes at yourmoneyright.com forward slash EP29. That's yourmoneyright.com forward slash EP, E as an echo, P as in Paul, two nine. Or if you're really a smart person, just click on that uh, view the description in your podcast player. I'll put the link. It'll take you straight to the website. Let's get the conversation going in the comment section. Also, here's what I'm considering. If anybody, one person leaves me a comment and says, yes, I want this. I'll create a guide so you can sit down and talk to your spouse. It'll be a list of questions kind of that'll guide you through kind of how you want to talk about with the list of questions I talked about here. It'll be a PDF. You can download it. You can print it out. Uh, you can sit down with your honey boo boo and y'all can talk about it. If you're having some difficulty talking about money with your spouse, one of the best things you can do is get them involved in what you're doing, right? So tell them about the podcast, listen to the podcast together or send them, shoot them over a link and say, hey, I, I think what I'm looking to do is, is I think we could do a little bit better with our finances. I've been listening to this podcast. I'm thinking we can do this or go buy a book and, and, and talk to them about it. Say, hey, maybe we can read this book together uh, so we can do a little bit better with our finances ask them to come and join you as a team member so you can take all that anxiety away but you just rem- remember you just got to tread softly right this is not a time for you to lecture at your spouse they don't want to hear that right they everybody has their own issues with money that they got to kind of deal with it's best if you bring a third party in i know this because i had to do the same thing right uh so come on over to the show notes and to the comment sections. Let me know what you think. Give me your feedback. Again, if you're interested in uh, our upcoming marriage and money program, we're going to lay it all out. We're going to talk about exactly how we manage our money. We're going to actually let you look in and see what we do, what our numbers are. We're going to talk about how to handle um, children, how to handle housing expenses, how to get a, uh, a spending plan together that not only puts more money in your pocket so you can spend and play and have fun with but also put more money in places that'll help you grow your money help you pay down your debt and increase your credit score at the same time those of you who saw that score 750 webinar you know what i'm talking about uh i i know what i'm talking about when it comes to the whole credit thing because i've come from the high 500s with not even being able to get approved for a house to now uh my credit scores are, are in the high 700s and the 800s okay so i don't say that to brag but just to say that to to just kind of impress upon you that i'm not just kind of just throwing stuff out here i really do care about you and and where you're going with your finances because 
uh, if you listen to episode double O, I'm looking to have some rich friends, <laughs> right? And if we could do this thing together, build this thing together, build our community, build our, our towns, build our culture together, uh, we could do a whole lot of damage and we could do basically whatever we want to do. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate you being here. I love you. And God bless. We're talking about money, 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 cash, cash, cash. I said we're talking about money.